I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole, hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Okay. Welcome to Team Rebel Edition 245 with Joey JJ Gemini Johnson. It is a synchronistic intermission with artist empowerment wizard, nutrition master, vegan chef, dance fitness coach, and Hollywood healer Joey JJ Gemini Johnson. Welcome and well met, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, thank you. Honored to be here. I appreciate you so much. Definitely an interesting little uh, tidbit. I, I don't know much about you. Raphael's like, oh, look at this straight cat. Let's talk to him. Um, and I, I'm like, oh, I'm vegan? Cool. I'm looking at your chart. I mean, we'll talk about this later, but you have a shit ton of Gemini action, and I myself am Gemini heavy, so we can relate. But something we do on this podcast is to, uh, numerologically reduce the episode number, in this case, 245, uh, which turns to 11, which in that case goes to 2, so it's a high priestess card episode i offer up the mysteries of life this is about trusting your intuition listening to your inner guides understanding yourself better listening to the music of the universe and allowing creative ideas to germinate high priestess Raphael, what angel do you have so here we have number 59 the angel of intellectual richness belonging to the archangels this angel helps cure problems in the reproductive organs mainly women promoting long life without health problems the affirmation goes, I let down my wall of protection and invite the world in. Angel qualities include likes learning, emanates goodness, beauty and truth, intellectual abundance and access to knowledge. So, Joey, between the high priestess and that card or angel, what, if anything, syncs up for you? Gosh, uh, everything. I mean, that's a powerful resonance. You know, um, the healing power. I love I love the reproductive healing. I love the number two with the duality, with the Gemini energy. It's, um, you know, it's a, a relevant equation for uh, illuminating the masculine feminine balance and the conversation that we're having now spiritual spiritually and with the angel powers uh, protecting us so that we can do this magical work that we need to do so yeah, some good guard heavy gemini energy on that angel i was like yeah intellectual stuff uh and the, with the high priestess it's funny because um whenever i get into conversations about i guess gender and stuff like that i always remind people because of jurassic park i'm not a biologist but i'm like men i mean i guess i know this but jurassic park solidified in my consciousness where it's like it all starts as a clit <laughs> and we just drop or whatever right so which is an interesting perspective um anyway we'll get into all sorts of high weirdness and stuff like that if you want later but i don't know you at all and i don't know how Raphael turned on you so Raphael, illumine me into how you came upon him and then we'll go from there 
Yes, Joey, what you may want to do is on the bottom, you have a mute button. Just if you know you're not talking for some time, there is the slightest of feedback and I'm a bit fetishistic about the sound clarity. Thank you very much. So actually, I don't exactly remember, which is why I'm just going to look right here on Magic Facebook and CIA Facebook, as I like to say it. So we have common friends, Nova Lee. I think that's somebody... She's been on the podcast. Yes, yes. we have had on the podcast, She's actually. Cali right now, I think. And Mike Adams. Okay, I don't know him personally, but that's always a good one, of course. Facebook's and crazy like all that. All else I remember is that I just somehow added you because you were posting something, I guess, somewhat in relation to sexuality or something. And... Oh, yeah, and also espousing anti-genocidal views. And also, although it's not really about politics, but in a sense, let's say not super pro-liberal views, you know, which in itself in a certain combination can already be like, at least appear like a unicorn, even though I'm sure within the population, it's not like that at all, right? So, yeah, these are the few things I have in in my mind. And, of course, your recent uh, great lives, which you did, really going more in-depth into your story, which we may do another time, but maybe have a little bit of space to do right here. So that's kind of the connecting points that I can remember. So drive by Facebook. I mean, trust me, that's how most of my friends are. That's like how Rafael and I met. Like I've said before, I think uh, he hit me up while I was on acid about a DMT trip report I had posted on Facebook. So I was all like, what? And that was a long time ago. So Facebook does weird things and weird people come to contact, but we all find what we need. So, Joey, I mean, you could be as long-winded or short-winded as you want. Um, you know, tell us who you are, how you, uh, what kind of culture you grew up in, uh, maybe your process. I can reference your chart every now and then, um, and definitely into astrology. So, yeah, uh, fill us in on the kind of the, uh, you know, bullet points. But any, I might interrupt you at some point and go down some rabbit holes there. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, gr- I grew up extremely liberal and in a liberal community in the Northwest. And um, and Eugene, Oregon is a hotspot for <clears throat> psychedelic culture. And uh, it was uh, where Ken Kesey, after the 60s counterculture revolution, uh, a lot of them moved up to that area in Eugene, Oregon. And that's where they started the, uh, the Oregon Country Fair, which was basically a psychedelic festival for these hippies that started it was around the same time the rainbow gatherings were starting so i grew up in an extremely uh liberal uh sexually liberated and um very uh democratically influenced world both my parents were um were liberals and um one of my earliest memories was at a a Clinton Bush rally when I was a kid and my dad was like, Hey, go tell that guy who's voting for Bush that Bill Clinton's going to win. And I was like, Bush isn't going to win, you know, Bill Clinton's going to be president. And I just remember like after I got the information later in life that I was like, Oh, interesting. Uh, I started to analyze my, my childhood and my upbringing. And I started to do psychedelics when I was very young. My dad uh, was a pot smoking, psychedelic, trippy hippie. And uh, it was easy to get my hands on mushrooms and acid and uh, smoke a bunch of weed since I was like 13, 14 years old. And uh, and it influenced me. It blew, blew my chakras open, blew my third eye open. <clears throat> and I was, <clears throat> excuse me, 
pretty uh, pretty deep into that liberal rabbit hole. Like I was hitchhiking to rainbow gatherings, and uh, I came out when I was very young, uh, and that really uh, changed my life. I'm I'm still attracted to men, but uh, in recent years, I've I've grown to uh, actually explore more my attraction to women again and kind of reclaim that um, because I felt that that culture uh, really kind of emboldened me to be gay and really pushed me in this gender um, dysmorphic uh, direction that I thought was at one at that time when I was younger was empowering to me. And so because when you're when you're young and you come out early, there's not a lot of um, opportunities to find um, affection or connection. So uh, naturally, I got uh, molested when I was 14 years old by uh, somebody who was in the show, the Rocky Horror Show, which was based on the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and that was um, one of the iconic um, things that happened in my life, which really affected me. Um, and allowed me to uh, later in life investigate my relationship with my parents, with that liberal culture, um, why it was acceptable for me to be in lingerie and be in makeup and do this sort of gender bender kind of thing without any sort of intervention about my psychological well-being, what was really going on with me and, and that sort of stuff. So it uh, kind of um, put a rift between like me and my mom. My mom is is kind of classic liberal and Christian, and they got my parents got a divorce when they were young because my dad was just you know this trippy hippie wouldn't get a job, and my mom was really ambitious and kept going to school, and uh, ended up getting her doctorate degree in education, and she writes grants for. Uh, institutions like the the NIH, National Institute of Health. And, wow, that's a good one. <laughs> right. And she does all these grants to help children. And my dad was a juvenile detention counselor at a, um, a detention center, youth detention center. And um, he liked to tell me stories like, oh, yeah, Courtney Love used to come. She was in our detention center. Courtney Love's from Oregon. And so... Um, you know, just these stories that he would tell. And I was kind of bopping back and forth between like my mom's ideology and my dad's, even though they were both liberal, my mom was like, you need to go to college and get your education. And my dad was like, you could drop out of school. I don't give a shit. Let's do some acid. And, um, and so I kind of bopped around with that. And I didn't really have a lot of real direction when I was younger, but I was still pursuing my career as uh, an actor and a dancer. I went to college for it and I um, eventually moved to New York City. And that's when um, the real indoctrination into gay culture uh, gripped me. And I was very deep into that part of our society. And then um, I was going through health issues and relapsing and kind of cycling through these issues while I was pursuing my career. So I was struggling with this um, sort of institutionalized medical dysfunction of our world, of how toxic our world was, all the food, all the nastiness. I was starting to research things like the Codex Alimentarius and these ways that these forces were um, 
coming after health and wellness as a way to control uh, population and people and all that stuff. So that was in like 2007, I was researching that. I moved to New York in uh, 2008 and uh, started pursuing my career training in dance and acting and pursuing my career. And so I was pretty innocent and um, just my heart was open. And, you know, when you're young and ambitious, you think that, okay, I have a chance to get a career going. Um, I have a chance for fame. Um, this is all possible for me if I just work hard enough, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, I'd called, called my mom when I was in New York and I was like, I moved to New York, I'm doing it. And she's like, okay, well, whatever. And, um, and so I didn't really have my parental influences as I'm, as I was, you know, alone in the big city. And that's where, uh, the culture that I had been indoctrinated with is this trans culture, the drag queen culture and the gay culture and that over-sexualized culture just gripped me. And I started go-go dancing. And um, after go-go dancing a little while for the drag queens, you know, um, some of these other go-go boys were like, oh, you know, you can make some more money if you just like do extra, you know, we do massage and you know, just massage these uh, old rich guys and they'll give you 150 bucks, you know, to jerk them off. And I was like, oh, that sounds like good money. And I'm horny. So and I'm out and I'm comfortable with my sexuality. So I'm going to win this game. And uh, so I started doing erotic massage and some light escorting along with the go-go dancing and um, to pay for acting classes, to pay for dance classes, to pay for all my vitamins and supplements and all of the uh, doctor's visits to figure out what was going on with my gut. Um, and I was, I was struggling in a lot of ways and it started to psychologically really affect me. But when I tried to kind of get out of it, there wasn't any way to get out of it. The only thing that was really available to me was like performing in these clubs with these other gay femme, energy and you're just always naked and exploiting yourself and it's all about sexuality and and then it's all about the narcissism and suddenly i wasn't perfect enough i wasn't buff enough the other guys who were buffer and had more tattoos would come up in the scene and i was struggling in different ways so i was feeling really resentful that i didn't have you know the perfect hunky body and big muscles and and perfect uh, face. I was dealing with psoriasis, so I would get a rash all over my face. And I was like trying to pursue a career on camera for acting and I was struggling, but I would work really hard and spend all my money on getting my health in order so that I could keep pursuing it. But I kept toggling between like struggling with my health and struggling with this overly feminized, hypersexual community. And that was around the time that Lady Gaga had come out and her just dance was really popular and it was and so from there it just kind of got more and more escalated of this this trans femme movement that i saw it kind of overtake my personality right like it just kind of takes you over almost like a demonic possession of like oh yes honey we're gonna do that we're gonna do the femme thing and we're gonna vogue it up and we're fucking fabulous and don't tell us no and that's right i'm gonna chop your dick off if you try to come for me oh what's up oh you're hot white boy okay you want to fuck me all right yeah oh you don't want to fuck me because you're a misogynist 
you're a fucking misogynist white supremacist. That's what you are. And so it was like this whole mind fuck of like, when I wanted to reclaim my masculinity, suddenly I was a threat to the community. When I wanted to come out and say, actually, I'm not really gay. I actually am attracted to women. They're like, oh, ew, fish. I don't eat fish. And so it's just this whole thing. It's a snotty, narcissistic uh, mentality that's extremely pervasive in that community. And then any type of influence that kind of challenges that narrative is canceled, uh, beaten down and shamed. Like there's so much shame. And, and that's when I was, I came back to Oregon and I was trying to fight for trans people of color and do these community organization things and partner with these different organizations. But being a white man with a penis, I kept getting pushed out of all of these circles and communities that I was trying to advocate for um, until I was like, I guess, well, you know, I'm not transsexual and I'm not a person of color. So I guess it's just not my conversation to have anymore. And then I started to realize or ask myself really like, well, who, who am I then? What, what is all this stuff? And um, I moved down to LA and uh, pursued my career. I got a producer for music and I've, I've made a few albums out for as JJ Gemini, but I was also still at that time, pretty deep in my, my gay indoctrination. So a lot of my content that I've created was, was pretty gay. And, um, and I'm not um, mad about that. You know, I'm proud of my work, but through that process, of pursuing my career in Hollywood, I got to see pretty directly uh, not only my expression and how that's interpreted and interpreted by the people around me, but also how um, people didn't really want to support me. I didn't have a million dollars. I didn't have a huge following. So people weren't really attracted to helping me uh, further my career. And so I just felt really like dejected on all levels. I felt kind of rejected by the gay community. I felt rejected by the straight community. I was too gay for all these women around me, but yet I was too straight for the gay community. And um, and it was like when I dressed up in drag or girly outfits or put girls clothes on and dance around people, you know, everyone, oh my God, we love you. Oh my God, you're amazing. But then when I'm like, okay, let me ground into my masculinity and really get into that, it was like nobody was really around. And so I came back and then then COVID happened. And so I, I stopped pursuing my career. I came back to Oregon. And uh, another thing that had happened is I'd, I'd had a sugar daddy in Hollywood. And uh, we I was committed to changing my narrative with that, but it actually ended up uh, screwing me up more because by the time uh, he spent all this money on me to help me produce my projects and he was into yoga and yogananda and we'd go to, to churches and pray. And it was, it was, it was good. There was a lot of real positivity to it. But um, when the information started to come out deeper about pedophilia, trafficking, the Hollywood agenda, uh, everything started to really make sense to me because I'd lived it. I'd lived through it. And, um, and this guy who was helping me was uh, somebody who'd worked at Disneyland for years and, um, when the information came out, it didn't, he didn't, he just was in so such denial. And it really triggered me because he wanted me to be the sweet, innocent boy that he knew when he met me. And I was like, I'm trying to repattern this into something else. And all you want me to be is a sweet, sexy little boy that you just want to throw money at to 
do the same thing and shut up about the truth. And that's when I kind of flipped out and uh, I severed that relationship and I went full rabbit hole. Um, one of my other friends at the time was a Trump supporter and I kept calling him a white supremacist. You're a fucking racist, white supremacist. Da, da, da. And then one day I was like, white supremacist, white supremacist. And I was like, you know, I feel like I'm being brainwashed to call you this. And he's like, you are. And I was like, well, let me see what you're looking at. And so he showed me some information because I hadn't followed the election since Trump had gotten in. I was just like, I just threw my hands up. I was like, I don't know, whatever. I can't do this anymore. Um, Cause I was, I was pretty uh, heavily into Bernie Sanders. I was like a total Bernie bro. And I got smashed from everyone who was a Hillary supporter. And the Hillary supporters were all these club promoters from New York city who run these events where guys just get up and they fucking flash their cocks around. They throw these sex parties and they make a lot of money from this agenda of over-sexualizing people and getting people to go out and just drink and have sex and do drugs and say that that's a culture, you know? And so that's when I was fucking pissed. I felt like I'd been tricked. I felt like I'd been subverted. I felt like uh, my personality had been molded by this world and um, I wanted to break out of it. So that's when I put online, I said, okay, well, if this is all a social engineering experiment, well then let me try my own. So I put online, I said, I like Trump. And I said, let me just see what happens. Let me just see what my hippie, psychedelic, tripper, liberal community says. Let's see what all my Hollywood actor connection friends, all of the agency world and the producers and let's see what all of the trans people and all of the gay club life kids from new york city say now we're all for inclusivity and diversity as long as you adhere to all of the cult's principles right exactly and that was my test i was like okay if you are if you just want acceptance and um, appreciation and you want your diversity to be accepted, then let's see how you accept the other side that you think doesn't accept you. And that's when I saw the hypocrisy explode. That's when I was like, this is a fucking social engineering agenda to create social conflict and division and to just get us fighting with each other. And, and it was, it was obvious and it was clear. And so that's when I just continued on with my research from there. And I've been a different person ever since. Well, dude, thanks for telling us that story. That's heavy right out the gate. It's funny. I think we're coming from like yin and yang perspectives. I mean, I was a kid. My parents were hardcore Christian conservative. I'm still a Christian in a sense. But uh, I could be like, we're not going to the White House if Clinton's in there. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, oh, there's Newt Gingrich. Go shake his hand. Crazy. You know, like the exact equal opposite thing. So I feel you on that. I kind of want to talk a little. I mean, there's a lot of places to go with this. Um, Terrence McKenna's like culture is not your friend, right? It is a program through which we're kind of being manipulated at a level, but in some weird way we can't, or it's very difficult. Maybe that's the point of Buddhism and stuff, but it's like, um, software is necessary to have interaction. I mean, we're hardware, right? But it seems like software culture and perception and, and attachments are a part of the game. Um, before I kind of start rambling, Raphael, and, and some of this really, you have Gemini and Chiron too, I feel you. So it's kind of not bipolar necessarily, but it's like this kind of flip-flop, like, what do I do? Like, who's my identity? Who am I? 24601 shit. Uh, and it's in your fifth house. So it's like, yeah, you, you've, you've had, uh, you know, 
Like, who are my real friends? Who is my family? Who, who, who am I? What's my heart? You know, that kind of vibe. Um, Raphael, is there anything before I kind of just launch into it that you want to address there? Yeah, so um, I already know we have to get you back on. <laughs> One hour will not suffice. However, so just maybe to get it right out of the gates and also because it's kind of like, um, how to say, intensifying the potential conflict or confusion. And this has even now arrived in, you know, good old Europe. I mean, some countries are faster than others, but by now it's even arrived in Austria, from what I can hear, you know, uh, tiny, uh, overly wealthy Austria. And the whole point being that apparently now they started, even in schools, to start teaching, I guess, at least from the age of 12, maybe earlier, that uh, you have 12 genders. And I'd love your opinion because the first, so I'm part of, let's say, a spiritual slash health group with super amazing individuals locally, and I got the message uh, from one of us, let's say, yeah, there's, can someone maybe help these parents because they can't communicate with their child anymore because the child is really confused about these 12 genders and it starts conflict within the family because understandably a parent can hardly relate if suddenly, you know, your boy or girl comes back from school at 12 years old and it's like, oh, there's 12 genders. And, and then there was even the case, if it's true in America, where someone even got sued for not addressing their own child as they or he or she or, you know, then there is this insanity, but where the rubber really, you know, meets the road, I would say, at least also for me now locally or in my immediate field of perception, is when very young teenagers get taught about multiple genders. There's even worse examples of over-sexualization in, I don't know, kindergarten or whatever they're doing. I know they tried this in Germany. I guess there's some parts in America where they're doing or trying this. Um, and what's your perspective on all of that? I have my own, but I'll let you talk first. Yeah, um, uh, I think it's a war tactic that has been going on for a while. And um, uh, one of the things that I researched uh, after, so basically during World War II, uh, some of the things that they, that they were, a lot of this is, again, this inversion of like the persecution that happened of like homosexuals the book burning and stuff. And then when I, when I look back at these other um, instances, I, I, I read that they were burning these books of these institutions that were doing transsexual research. And so some of the ideas that I came across, whether they're true or not, I don't know, but um, basically that um, the trans human agenda that they're pushing now on, on the children and parents goes back to after World War II when um, Operation Paperclip came over and the Mockingbird Press, and they ramped up Hollywood as a tool for these global elites to basically perpetrate mind control on the population. And so what there's what some people are alleging is that stars like Marilyn Monroe or Judy Garland or uh, you, you name it, from since are were actually switched gender at birth and that they um, have been doing this psychological subversion on the masses to make men into women and women into men so that these supposedly straight uh, people are actually falling in love with these opposite genders and they idolize them and they masturbate thinking about them and all these things. So they kind of get off on this idea that you think that you know who these stars are and that 
they, um, and I'm not saying all the stars, I'm just saying, you know, it seems like a lot of them and, and they sprinkle, uh, apparently they sprinkle regular, um, gendered people in, you know, throughout. And, uh, I'm not saying that like other people can't get into Hollywood, but basically that this is the, these are the bloodlines and these are the elite bloodlines that they are basically using their children as these, um, transhumanistic, but also in their, their satanic ritual sacrifice type thing as a Luciferian worship of the Baphomet. And so they worship that transgenderism um, and they use that. And so that they, they transgender their children and whether they are born of them or in a test tube or whatnot, and then they make up these backstories about them um, that they come from regular lives, they come from the ghetto, they struggled, and then they built their dreams. And Jennifer Lopez was on the six train <laughs> from the York. block. <laughs> yeah, Jenny from the block doing her thing. And they make up these things and they have these handlers and they've been doing this MK Ultra mind control on these people to put these archetypes of this goddess worship on these people to basically propagate these, uh, these psychological warfare tactics so that we see uh, since, since then, you know, and, um, that they use these stars to create these narratives and to direct the, the public's mind towards, uh, whatever narratives they want, uh, people to follow. And that led up into the, uh, sixties, uh, revolution. So they were doing all that research on LSD and then Ken Kesey was one of their, uh, research, uh, subjects. And, uh, supposedly he just, got the idea to take all this LSD from the research center and go spread it around the country with the Grateful Dead and do these uh, acid tests, right? The electric Kool-Aid acid test. And uh, that created a cultural explosion, which at this point pretty much looks like another psychological warfare tactic because what really happened after the 60s revolution? I mean, we had Vietnam, everyone was on acid and then on the tv screens was what war death carnage all of this like vicious super traumatizing material and um and then these people are like all high on drugs and like really sensitive and their third eyes all blown out and then they're looking at all this murder and war and fear and um all this stuff so it's like you're opening people's nervous system up to the the trauma-based mind control and so as much as it was a revolution of consciousness and there's that side of it as well, um, it kind of like makes these, these two parallel universes of like, I'm sure at that point there was, you know, whatever you call them, the white hats or the wizards of light, you know, trying to get the information of the darkness exposed, but yet the darkness had their grips on all of the, uh, the media and the ways that they could um, push information. So, and we saw from there, like, you know, it, we had the 60s psychedelic and sexual revolution and it was very popular to just have a bunch of sex and do your parties and do your Woodstock vibes. And uh, it's, that's when it started to really break up the idea of these family units, right? So there was, there was regular families and then it started to get disrupted through that and the, the welfare system for the, the black families. And then through the seventies, you know, it was what, there was a lot of poverty in the seventies and all of the um, psychological trauma of like 
JFK getting assassinated, Martin Luther King getting assassinated. It's very um, demoralizing for our society. Uh, a lot of anger, depression. And then, and then what happened? Then it was the 70s with cocaine and a disco. And then it was about being fabulous and all that stuff. And then that was a, another way of using all of that psychedelic magic to get people to wear their glitter and sparkles and push the, the gayness was out. And, um, and, not, and, I, and I don't agree that, you know, the gays were, they were arrested and, and stuff prior to them. It, it was illegal at, at a time before that, that, you know, it was, it was a, it was a sickness and there were, that was actually that. illegal because, uh, basically, um, the FBI or the CIA were like, what do mafiosos do that we can get yeah. them on? And they were into, <laughs> they <sodomy>. needed that. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm, I mean, I don't care. They were into anal. So it's like, get them on that. Basically. I mean, I, I think homosexuality was always, always yeah, an issue but i but think it it's was, well i think the illegality of like rest them on the charges was not so much you're gay it's more like you're doing the act of sodomy and i think it's well proven that ever since the inception of the oss so then the fbi with edgar j hoover and so on this was their whole racket like get stuck get files and politicians so you can blackmail them and of course it's easier if it's illegal even though today one would say okay it's not so bad if you like a man or whatever but yeah, yeah of course it's totally political and yeah Deep so I want to pull back a little bit. I'm, I'm, okay, so there's a few angles we could do. I don't know how into hermeticism you are, but um, like a toroid and yin yangs and stuff. It seems polarity is an inherent part of reality. Um, though Raphael and psychedelics and stuff like that has helped me see like the unity of all things beyond the temperament fluxes. I guess you could say. Um, what is your opinion on, you know, just pole shifts and pendulum swings? You know, for a long time it's like leave it to beaver culture of course you're going to have a snapping point at some point and it might overreact into david bowie you know uh rocky horror stuff but it seems like things do that like you know people are either like you know whether it's trump and because i was never i'm not into trump i i don't hate him particularly he's a gemini suddenly arising which i am so i see my shadow enough in him where i'm like ooh, uh whatever but um but, you know, people like Raphael and stuff were turning me on. We have friends that are more people that have been on that are into Keck and, you know, the whole magic of all that stuff. So I'm like, interesting. I mean, there's even a time when I was like, sure, reality's fucking crazy. Maybe he's a time traveler. But, I mean, I'm not going to put my fucking livelihood on that. Um, in any event, I'm kind of curious because you are a Gemini um, fifth house. I mean, you understand polarity. We both do it in a very real way. Your Venus is conjunct your uh, sun which actually lends itself to even like fluidity and, you know, bisexuality, like never be afraid of that because you, that's the nature of who you are at some level. Um, but it does seem like you are culturally, it's weird because um, like what you're talking about, how would I put it? It seems there's poles and most people are in the middle and then the agendas of the poles cause people to do the dance of culture or whatever. So it's like, um, yeah, I like that with the pendulum swing because, um, that's I've thought of that as either okay is this was this sexual revolution and the gay explosion a um, response to the oppression and the suppression of homosexuality through the culture and laws or was this a long-term agenda over many 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 years by people to suppress 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 and then when we let it out of the bag and explode all of this um, sodomy that then people, the general public will accept it and embrace it and, um, 
basically engage in it with each other. So we saw that in the 70s. Well, like Dionysus and stuff, like Dionysian cults and Greeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, philosophers had lover boys or whatever, right? So it's like, yeah. it seems like this was normal until post, and I'm a Christian, post-Protestantism and like Western reformed thinking kind of became a cemented part. And then there's reaction to that. And that's kind of the polarity. Um, I'm not even saying one's right or wrong. And, and I'm curious, Ralph, what you think, because it seems just like people experiencing preferences. I don't even want to get into this, but then what happens is people um, have agendas. So it's one thing to be like, look, be yourself, whatever. It's another thing to experience what you're talking about, which is more the uh, traumatizing social outcasting, whatever, where it's like, you don't yeah. fit into the click. Fuck you. I mean, it's a more hostile environment and stuff, um, which in some weird abstract way has lessons in it. And it's all good in some weird way. This is why I get tripped out because, for a while, whether it's, um, you know, the gatekeeper of Ghostbusters or whatever, like transsexuality seems to have been, I mean, in a weird way, it's like an inverted middle path, right? Because I guess the idea is like, you know, you have the poles and then the middle path in Kabbalah or whatever is this kind of like mutual kind of embrace of both. And I can't tell if it's just the nature, like the zeitgeist, the nature of the time where it's like, okay, you know, age of Aquarius, AI, like inclusivism like weird, like weirdness is high weirdness. So psychedelics and that we tend to, um, it's like in hook when they run from one side to the other, we tend to run from pole to the other. And it's like trying to maintain the middle is kind of the point, but, um, I'm rambling. So it's like, it's weird because psychedelics have a good aspect to them, but oh, yeah, you I mean, mean that scene with Rufio and Peter Pan, uh, you know, in hook when they're like, Oh, I got to say, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Rufio. Yeah. people are doing that and i think that's kind of part of what consciousness is exploring at this time it's weird because we're so self-aware it's almost post-narcissistic like ages uh and definitely the internet and stuff we're very self-aware and then we project with south node and sagittarius right now we're projecting at worst our shadow of like this is the truth and it's like kind of crusading so you have all sorts of teams crusading for different things and it's and in a weird way it's like we have way more in common than we don't but we start identifying with the culture identifying with the politics to such a degree that it subverts kind of like what you're saying it's like who am i outside of maybe the outfits i'm wearing and the outfits are okay and it's cool to express yourself if you want to explore outfits or not wear any clothes like in a weird way you have the right and the privilege to be a go-go dancer sugar baby or you know it's like that's an experience that in a sense consciousness wants to explore but what happens is like what happens when we become attached to it for various reasons whether peer pressure addiction codependence like uncertainty of self i'm kind of rambling Raphael or uh joey if you want to kind of yeah so i just like to point out historically from the little that i understand uh even here you know it gets really flimsy with the history but let's say within native american or native cultures in general you had ideas like two spirits and so on which actually had, had specific positions they could identify themselves at some point. They got special roles, actually, as I understand, pretty high prestige, even though they may even have involved some sort of escorting as well, at least the way I understand it. Again, you know, who can prove that? I don't know. But so this would be the one thing that it would have a natural position. And the other idea would be that it seems from the reset research individuals we've interviewed that even before that, or at least on the pictures of like, I don't know, Victorian queens and so on, you look at some of them and they definitely don't look female or whatever. So it seems this is an older game, you know, of whatever super insane reality this is. Otherwise, I can just recommend everyone on BitChute, there's a channel if you can stomach it, but I think it's pretty fun if one can take a joke um, by a guy called Magnation or Bamily. And he sounds like with a Jamaican accent and he, he's always like, bam, look at him. 
is a man, you know? It's, for me, it's funny to watch. But anyways, because for him, like, almost everyone is. But if you get closer into it, also with the Olympic Games and so on, and you take a bit of a look at, you know, face feature, facial features and body features and so on, uh, well, you know, it gets a little very creepy very soon, you know? Of course, in the forefront, we have Michael Michelle Obama, as we all know. So th that's the one thing. And then, of course, like Jim mentioned, there could be a very positive... Or the other thing first... It seems very contrived because we know there have been cultures and even officially, I guess, America was kind of inherited constitutionally from the Iroquois and so on. So they could have taken that in as well, these aspects. But rather what they did is they made it illegal to be homosexual, for example. So they put a lid on it. That's how you can control it. You get these blackmail factors. And also you can then let the cat out of the bag and then steer the energy in your particular direction instead of having it in its natural position in a sense and har harmonious functioning, you can kind of separate it out, suppress it, and then take it up again and suddenly support it very strongly, you know, with Hillary Clinton or whoever, but of course divert the entire energy. And rather than having a truly, you know, positive alchemical marriage within each and every entity, understanding we are, you know, all genders and no genders, yet still we have a biological definition that, as far as I understand, is pretty much only two genders, rather than recognizing that and saying, okay, you can still dress up, you're okay as you are, you don't need to conform to anything. There's all these new roles made up, which are in some way, shape or form beneficial to the agenda. And that's, of course, where it all gets effed up. And it's kind of, you know, um, like Jim said, inverted unification or you know, there would be the target and you're, it's somewhere here and there, you know, anything not to allow individuals that they truly are perfect as they are and they can truly express themselves individually as they prefer without needing to conform to any type of subculture, belief system or appearance. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it is an ancient, ancient thing. From what I understand, this has been going on for longer than just Hollywood. Um, and the two-spirit uh, thing is a reflection of like where that mysticism and duality has has a place and had um, an expression there that was unique. And so, uh, what it I wasn't feel so commodified is what you're kind of saying. Right. Where it's like exploited. party monster, be that else, got exploited and uh, and used, utilized by that agenda, like you said take the lid off of it, it explodes. And the the Christian moral virtue of that, um, that had been kind of running the narrative of our world, uh, then was met with the explosion of uh, Satanism. And that kind of exploded at the end of the 60s. That was around the time that Hillary Clinton was studying uh, Saul David Alinsky with his rules for radicals, mm. integrating those rules for radicals into her politics of how she was going to use the community organizing efforts against the people with the power of the elite. And so, and then in the 70s, uh, where where we kind of left off, right? And, and Rocky Horror Picture Show was 1975 with Tim Curry and Susan Sarandon, and it's been iconic Pretty ever since. Mercury days. I mean, that's kind of what this. It's like cocaine and disco, really in ecstasy. Obviously, kind of helped a certain lid pop. I'm not meaning to interrupt you, but it's like it feels almost like people are doing this for fun. It's almost like you know how people watch. Some people watch sports. I imagine handlers in some way are doing that with culture, where they're just like. 
wow, that group really hates that group. Are they going to fucking Proud Boys riot? Like, what are they? Like, it's just in a weird way. At that level, it's kind of dark and nefarious, I guess you could say, and sinister. But then sometimes I have more lucid moments where I'm like thinking more Unity, 5D, whatever. And it's like everything's just exploring possibilities. Um, live and let live. I don't know. I didn't mean to cut you off. But like, what, it's what, almost what, like putting put, put it all out there and see what people choose. If we just like put it all out on the table and see what they do. And it's not a surprise that people wanted to do drugs and have sex and, and get kinky and get into some subversive stuff because they've been so suppressed and oppressed and repressed to where when they finally get a chance to let it out, suddenly... It's not about just being being gay and expressing affection to another man. It's like, I got to put women's clothes on and go out and show the world that I'm fucking gay and you're not going to stop me and that whole thing. And so it kind of pushed that in there with with the Rocky. I mean, I just very Lilith energy, right? Like, it's kind of like um, angry feminine, no matter how you cut angry it. Feminine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Inversion. There's the inversion. So then. So the so that's where you get to the toxic masculinity and the toxic femininity and how they fight each other. Women are like, I I can do anything a man can do, and then so I'm gonna be a freaking bull dyke and fucking aggressive, and I'm gonna be alpha. And no man's gonna tell me I can't do that shit. And then men who are like, oh, I do want to be sensitive and sweet, and you know, oh yeah, fuck my boy pussy, you know. And so it's, this becomes this whole thing of like, of the inversion that. Uh, was exploited possibly as a, like a CIA tactic essentially through Hollywood so that when they put out this, you know, sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania, everyone's like, oh yeah, touch, 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 touch me. I want to be dirty. You know, it's like, you, I want to be dirty. Yeah, I want to be a dirty whore, you know? And it's like, that's when they started to get it, put, put it out there. It's like, yeah, and you can be a fucking slutty whore. And that's empowerment. Like, they started to put that in the idea that that, that was what empowerment meant. And so people bought into it, and they 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 went with that way in, in our culture, and it started to create some culture wars, I'm sure, back then but then also what else was happening i mean the punk scene you know when you talk about the uh militarization and stuff and then then fetishizing military through the through the punk scene literally then, saying i am the antichrist stuff like that i mean it's mm -hmm. weird because these energies exist and i think in Black a sense Sabbath. understanding them and playing with them is okay but what starts happening i oh, know the antichrist thing is um i don't even know what they're called fucking never mind the bollocks or whatever sex pistols i mean which is a highly sexualized thing it's weird because i can see both sides of it on the one hand it's like this is a natural consequence of freedom of expression and speech like in a sense it's like i'm sure there's a gay culture in north korea but probably not to the same extent because they have another culture to support that kind of expressionism but the they all propagated that the all of the narratives that they needed to to have that reaction right by pushing ramping up the war machine and pushing that war stuff and pushing that suppression cold in those war. Yeah. in the cold war and the vietnam war and um you know berlin and all that stuff with with the walls and 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 that and pushing these conflicts so that when people come out with their with their response to it it's like yeah 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 and gets people no more walls in the culture explode and in, in, in a, a way is that, is that engineered too, young people 
the what? I don't know if that's engineered as much as I mean. I think pe- like Rafael kind of hit it. I think people are like, "Whoa, the Dow shifts, and we see the hexagram, so we're going to try to harness the hexagram where it's going, as opposed to see the the hyper paranoid." And I've been there, um, and I think psychedelics and talks with Rafael have helped me, and maybe I've gone too far to the middle. But it's like when it gets into f- like there was one acid trip I had where I was like, "I made peace with the devil." It's like I don't understand the necessary function of the archetype. It's like a Judas has to pull a trigger to have a crucified Christ to rise again. It's like that won't happen unless these dynamics are in play, right? It's like, you see what I mean? So it's almost like it seems demonizing things is problematic, but at the same time being aware and not naive to these things is also important, which I'm wondering how much, because when I start hearing like, you know, because you guys were both like, we both know Michelle's a, a man. I'm like, I don't know that. I've definitely, I mean, I've seen pictures and stuff like that where I'm like, sure, I could entertain the thought but i don't want to give my energy to that because then it starts just feeling like high drama at a low level where it's almost like yeah uh, he went to school he went to school in oregon for football oh really michael, michael levon robinson he was at oregon state university played football and um be that deep into affairs yeah. where it's just like people fucking us over and playing with our minds and stuff and i guess i in some weird way how much does one fight fire with fire what's the futility in that what's the point of acceptance and kind of understanding transcending you know the situation whether the house is on fire or not like we go see what i'm saying i'm kind of confused how to operate because i think what tends to happen is reactionism and it just kind of perpetuates the dance and in some way there is how would i put tragedy in what like even your own story where you're like you've been victimized by the scene in a large way if you pull back hard enough you've you've and, and this is a presupposition you may or may not agree with you've asked to be part of the lessons that have that flavor and this is how it actualized in a weird way. I mean, if I look at your charts, like, oh yeah, Gemini, Sun, Venus, and and Chiron, or whatever, in fifth house, you're going to have boundaries of heart and polarity, like identity issues and that kind of stuff more. Um, so and it's not as much a demonization as much an exploration, right? We're we're more exploring it, but it but it also does go go into demonology. I mean, this is what these her- hermetic Freemason. Uh, secret societies, you know, they're, they're pretty deep into demonology. And so it is, it is about like, you know, putting up these Christian and satanic forces against each other and watching it play out and watching uh, how, where people gravitate, what, what communication happens, but where I'm get a little bit confused and trying to figure out what's, you know, is like, is the, um, you know, the, the, the traumatic ritual abuse and of children and the trafficking and the adrenochrome harvesting and that sort of stuff gets pretty deep into some pretty sick stuff. And, um, and so some people believe that these, this Hollywood agenda was to kind of um, create um, kind of an atmosphere of acceptance for really, really dark energy which is why these horror films and texas chainsaw massacre and you just it got more and then the rocks and it was ah, da, 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 and heavy metal and all that shit well, these are frequencies this is a it's a frequency war and so they you you know if it is a, a war tactic then it would be to create as much dysfunction in our society as possible so that the families are destroyed these kids who grow up in these punk and disco 
scenes or the gay scenes, they get subverted, they're on drugs, they, it affects their health, it affects their immune system, it makes them uh, then slaves to the medical industry, suddenly they're having things. And these trans people who do, who do uh, buy into that and have identity crisis and dysmorphia and then want to switch their gender, you know, these women are cutting off their breasts, these men are cutting off their testicles, these things are directly affect the immune system, the body, your biology. I mean, in ways that, you know, they're seeing cancer rates exploding in these things. So it's like there is in one way, it's just a natural expression of the duality of human nature and our in our dualistic world. But then on another side, it's an agenda to basically fuck people's bodies up and fuck the culture up and get people arguing and warring with each other over what's right and wrong and what type of expression is allowed and acceptable and and if you're not doing that then you're a square but if you're out there and you're in your trans thing and rocking hard and being fucking crazy and and anarchist in your fucking boot scoot then you're the cool one right they kind of they, they started to glamorize this dark energy in ways that um it fed into the culture and also the drugs you know when we talk about you know george bush came ahead of the cia and what in the 70s 76 or whatever and with the iran contra and bringing all of the cocaine and stuff into the into the ghettos and and destroying black communities and then after that um you know there was all these wars between um the gang wars in the bronx in the 70s before hip-hop was birthed out of that and it was originally hip-hop was there as um a community building uh uh, effect with music and dance and they were coming together and they would turn their war into a dance battle and then it grew into this thing that was actually really really healing for these communities and then what happened Hollywood comes in and co-ops it and they make these hip-hop stars and then suddenly it's about guns and sex and bitches and hoes and all this stuff and then these communities are further destroyed and then we got the gang wars of blood and crips and all the stuff alongside the gay stuff with the AIDS and, and Dr. Fauci was there at the same time pushing AZT, which all these gays were doing poppers and um, which is uh, VHS video head cleaner, like the clean. It was like a cleaner for 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 VHS videos, and uh, and they would they sniff this stuff. It was popular. I mean, I've been with a lot of guys who do this who sniff these fucking poppers and they're absolutely disgusting it smells it's like still popular actually it's so, still popular oh it's so nasty and i and and like i can't even like be around these guys like and it was and i've had really awkward experiences like having sex with guys who are doing poppers and i have to like sometimes argue with these guys like don't fucking know just like don't use that shit like you can we can have sex and you don't have to fucking grab this bottle of chemicals and sniff this and kill your brain cells to have like a better sexual interaction. And so those were uh, very popular also in the 80s. And then when and a lot of the, the food, all that shitty food, like all the candy and all those artificial colors and chemicals and DDT and all that stuff was was even higher than like there wasn't a health food store uh, mentality back then, like health, healthy food was, was started to get popular maybe in the nineties. I mean, there were some hippies and there was some, like some people ate oatmeal and some beans and rice and stuff maybe, but, but that was probably really Donald's and drink Coke cause it was American and normal. It's weird and because it's, I'm always like, how much is it our naivete? We're like, we just don't know. Cause I tend to, it, I'm not surprised if I guess there's like 
evil people driving culture, you know, like Sith Lords, I guess you could put it where it's like, they're not even at the party. They're just like sitting there sucking on the loose in the Beverly Hills mansion, just chilling out. Um, but then that feels, it's almost like giving too much credit in some way. <laughs> I feel like uh, maybe I'm being naive. I, I think there's some, well, they couldn't have built anything if people wouldn't have been so traumatized and naive to comply, you know, so they but life uh, is suffering. We're traumatized from birth. Like when aren't we traumatized? That's the weirdest part. See, I'm kind of, there's okay. So yeah, but how necessary is that? And to what degree? Yeah, but go ahead. I don't know. It seems to be the nature of a polarized fucking toroid or it's weird. I mean, we're in a machine of experience. It would seem that has, plethoras of options and between our personal karma our culture all sorts of things influence us because not all the time sometimes we're like you know it's very easy i guess to and it's not untrue but it's very easy to be like i'm a victim of x y z and i think that's normally how we look at it and then we've had a culture of personal empowerment and then the reaction to that is essentially what we're getting with this you know lady gaga life or whatever right um just kind of like do what you want do what thou will do what thou will do what thou will like the hardest way um, but that, that frequency exists. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's funny. Cause I, I'm sounding way more liberal, I guess I could say than I would normally feel. I'm not really, I'm pretty apolitical at this point. Um, but it's, it's good for the, for the sake this. of argument and discussion. Like, yeah, yeah well, I'm a you know how it goes. Right? uh, so, but I'm kind of wondering, it's like an alchemy if we're just in this great work, like if it's just basically the alchemy of consciousness transmuting itself trans right just, is, is it yours or is it theirs sorry to interrupt <laughs> of who's, what right. of the great work who's laying out the plan and whose plan do you follow know. and is everyone aware that they can make their own plan or are they just you know doing whatever is popular or consensus and also well, can we make our own plan at this point can we make our own plan if there's a bunch of billionaires who have their own plan and own all of the outlets of information and media to tell us what's what well, like it's like Harry Potter. Shit gets real dark, but it never. And maybe this is naive, but it's like I do think. And Raphael's quoted the law of one and shit like on this. Where I think negative polarity has its time in the sun because it's only fair for night to have day. You know, it's like this has to occur in some way. But at some level, the dawn always comes or something like that. So I and, feel and I have thought that. Like I've thought about Hillary Clinton and George Bush and. H.W. and all these things and like, okay, is he the son of Aleister Crowley or the grandson of Aleister Crowley and He's Barbara Bush? Child. I think I think it's interesting, you know, and I think that it is fascinating that that one of the theories is that they have agreed on some soul level to do all of this dark works because they know deep down inside that all of this trauma and and pain will bring uh the golden age like if they do all of this horrible stuff and like and like kill people and children and subvert and create all of this war and tension that something beautiful and divine and sacred will be birthed out of that which is maybe the what the second coming of christ spiritual machiavellianism in a weird way i mean it's like mm -hmm. they justify the means and in some weird way i'm not going into this letting people i'm not doing this so it's not my karma so in some weird right. way i'm like that's their trip and, and in a weird way, I've always felt, and talking to you, I feel like more I'm taking on Raphael's flavor on this, but it's like, I always felt it was very naive and hands off to be like, it's all good. Like, I feel, I felt at some level, a compulsion to interact, you know, and save the helpless or whatever, right? Like help where you can that in it, if one looks at it, that's a crusade and a moral cause and a righteous thing. Um, you know, good, you know, bad people get away with shit because good people do nothing kind of argument. Um, but at the same time, you know, are, how much of that is us justifying a position? 
it just gets so tricky so quickly because it's like no nobody wants child child trafficking but if i come to the position where like which is like a very 3d thing it's like that's fucking lame let's not do that that's really inappropriate right or whatever that's bad or you know however you want to put that that's a 3d level and if you pull back it's like i don't know the dynamics and this is where it gets kind of hands-off piscean in the sense where it's like that's maybe dangerous but it's like i don't know their karma am i just because buddhists are like the i don't know buddhist but the whole point is like don't necessarily interfere with others like you don't save everybody right in holy mountain this jodorowsky film which is really alchemical there's this guy who's like oh my god all these starving children he's like let me make bread and the guy's like you sure you want to do that and he makes bread and the kids start fighting over the bread and killing each other it's like there's all sorts of unforeseen consequences within involvement and in a very bizarre way it's like you find yourself in the field of play where you need to be i guess so if you if you have the karma to go be locked up for a protest or whatever you're going to find yourself in that protest whereas if that's not your situation you're going to be watching it on tv going what the fuck are these people doing or whatever um so it's are, you, are you going to create more problems by trying to create solutions that's yeah it seems like that's what's been happening for a long time like for, i mean in a weird way one could even go back a few hundred years i mean this gets into resets which i'm not all about necessarily Raphael's more on that wave but it's like this has been a communist versus like you know cons uh, capitalist war for a long time if you want to put it that way and even that's like a dichotomy we're placing on it it's part of a whole perspective of things exploring it so part of me wants to like be like very kind of like live and let live um but that's a very privileged position and a very kind of obviously like dispassionate in a way which might be part of the problem. Everyone gets very riled up in passions and we're told like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or give me death, Patrick Henry shit. And it's like, maybe he was being a little manic and like playing into his demons of passion or whatever. And we like, it felt good because it felt, you know, it falls under cultural grid works that we approve of. People were just as happy. Nero was just as happy. Give me freedom when he burned down Rome or whatever. So it's like, it's, it's yeah. an interpretive situation, which is I'm, I'm all for the coexistence, you know, um, I'm I because I, I personally don't want to like even if people want to do their Satanism and and get people who are like yeah I'm gonna I'm I'm into Satanism and I'm free will and I'm gonna go to this this Satan community and be abused ritually because I love it like okay if that's what you want okay go ahead but like don't trick us into doing it or don't abduct innocent children and subvert them and, and, and hold them hostage to this, you know, it's one thing to have free will, but it's another to um, negate the free will of others. So that's what we're, we're in this kind of like this spiritual warfare of like where <clears throat> our understanding of, of morals and what is truth and what is moral and what is postmodern and relative relativism is a large part of the issue here. Cause for a long time there were, I mean, whether it's right or wrong, Judeo-Christian culture was like a bedrock of thinking or whatever. Isaac Newton was a Christian, you know, all this kind of stuff. He wrote his own Bible. It's the crazy stuff. Now, is that the culture they're in? So it's like, this is just what it is. And now we're in an atheistic, more, I guess you could say, culture for maybe, let's say, 50 years, probably from like the end of... Because it, it, it's weird because academia tends to lead the charge and then, then culture catches up, kind of like the coasts until the internet probably set the trends fashion-wise and then like Minnesota gets it like 10 years later or whatever um it's just fascinating i mean if we can kind of be dispassionate about it i think it's fascinating but then what happens is we and it's not even wrong but we have attachments of perspective like victimization or perp perpetuation per being a perpetu uh, perpetrator um like maybe some people are very mr burns-ish uh you know and it is just the nature of the game that the choice and polarization 
but the, me hearing me say this, like it makes sense in my mind and I'm trying to kind of like live and let live. But at the same time, I understand the zeal and the appeal for righteousness, basically you're asking for, which is like, do the right thing. Like, you know, right action, right thoughts. Like it's not right to deceive people. Um, you know, hell is paved with good intentions or whatever. If you just keep pushing the boundaries, pushing the boundaries with culture, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, at some level, it is an initiatory right to explore, like the prodigal son. It's like there's lessons the prodigal son, the liberal son who goes off and squanders his money and all this shit in this parable, learned that he couldn't fucking understand otherwise, right? There's like a karma. I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand what I understood about this if I hadn't been working with trans people of color my whole yeah. life or if I hadn't, maybe I wouldn't uh, care about psychological subversion and the uh, sexual exploitation of children if I hadn't been molested by Riff Raff and the Rocky Horror Show, <laughs> you know? And uh, so on one level, am I gonna just spend my life wallowing in victimhood or am I gonna take these- Well, I think you're trying to process it. You're not higher. wallowing in victimhood. I right, so I'm not. You're not like, right. oh my God. It's just like, why is this? How can we fix it? And you grow. because. They say you grow from trauma, like that being traumatized is one of the most consciousness expanding things. The trauma. That's cool. Right. Yeah. And so maybe it's these people may have an understanding of psychology of what trauma does to people and how maybe it does has a good effect. It's pretty sick and twisted. No, I don't think they do. I, honestly, I think they're probably evil. Yeah. And they're not doing like the good work. Like, yeah, I think because we've talked like, what if like Jeffrey Epstein's actually a bodhisattva and he's triggering us to him, <laughs> or whatever. You know, again, like, we could whoa. make these arguments. We could make these arguments from a soul level, maybe, but yeah, I don't think that they're. Most of them are not consciously operating on Rafa, that level. I'm, I'm my, pretty you sure. You hear my kind of inner warring because on the one hand, I've been indoctrinated by you and psychedelics enough recently to like expand my boundaries to the point where I'm like inclusive of perspectives that aren't exactly mine. So it's like, look, I don't get you know what a transsexual African American is feeling, but I don't want to think that they're purely um, a product of cultural eugenics or whatever. Which is a, maybe some level going on, but that would mean we should all be way more Christian than we are because it's like there is a war going on and there is righteousness and oh my God, we better atone for this and fix it and God help us. You know, I mean, in I mean? a sense, at least from the show yesterday with Marcel Polter and the polarization, it would not necessarily be everyone has to be Christian or righteous or something, but simply to be aware that... 50% it, have to be like, no. <laughs> no, no, just just yeah. saying that it, it can make a difference in your actual experience. You know, if you go down certain routes, most simple idea with the whole abuse scenarios or even just on an even simpler level control scenarios. If my live my my life in a way that I feel I need to control everything, I will also attract entities that will feel they need to control me. And that's, uh, th there's a few more aspects uh, to say about this, but I think it's, um, how to say, what, what is your specific question or your specific issue in a sense? So you said I don't you don't want to believe that they are only engineered. So I would say, of course, there is, you know, natural proclivities and tendencies and so on. The whole question is whether then it gets, like I said before, its own template subculture where it's like, okay, you can't only be homosexual, whatever, but you also should dress up differently. You have to follow these and these politics. And it brings a whole slew of variables with it, which then usually are like boxes you can put and then you can play them out against each other really nicely. And if anybody doesn't confirm, even within a smaller box, you know, they get uh, ostracized. And that's Let's obviously the, the um, elites, the elite, elite, elites, 
some of them do the transsexual thing and some of them i just took a fat hit so <laughs> um cheers so, but are they on both sides of the war right if they've been on both sides of the war of every war then why wouldn't they be on both sides of this war right so if they're pushing these narratives on both right. sides whether it's christianity or satanism checkerboard against each other and this is how they're doing it yeah it's the chessboard so joy we totally want to you know respect your time in this case so let us know i actually have some extra time i, I text my boss i oh. said i'm coming in a, well a that's, later that's so. perfect then you know an hour yeah. or so all right word keep an eye on the clock um but yeah you're like i'm still well, having cool boss she's she's woke she's woke <laughs> See, that, that's even funny because in a sense i do think there's people how would i say it people uh, this is what i was saying with alchemists like you have this one and i'm not an alchemist at that level so i can't even tell you like you know all the negrina phases and stuff I, I'm an right? all right so you kind of get the idea where it's like look you have one thing and then you have to bifurcate and that bifurcation creates context for more alchemy in a sense right so this, this, has, grown, how, this has grown my consciousness this has expanded me right and even even so there's a renaissance in what masculinity means now so we've we've gone from like you have to wear a white you know white t-shirt and join the army to well you can be freddie mercury and then it's like now it's trying to figure out it's interesting because like terence mckenna was all about post 2012 like the rules are kind of out it feels like the rules are gone even in astro astronomy and this is dependent upon if you believe in nasa and stuff like that but uh basically they're like oh the rings of saturn are deteriorating as within so without it's like if if structures are starting you know saturn is like the ruler of time space karma it's like it seems like certain elements of reality are starting to loosen and because of our personal convictions and embeddedness in culture but also because you know we're human and stuff um it's not an easy transition uh grant morrison who did the invisibles an interesting comic which actually has a, a transvestite character and it very much pushes that kind of um femme it was like a mid 90s thing so it was like you know super edgy to be uh you know uh that vibe um he he's a chaos magician and you know there's actually a really interesting speech he gave he's like i'm coming up on drugs like you know and he's going off into like how we're all schizophrenic and all this kind of stuff interesting stuff um but one of his positions uh, or theories or whatever was like solar activity has a real effect you could say and this gets into kind of new age thinking where it's like oh my god we've crossed the galactic center and now we're getting new protons you know photons or whatever um but he was like you know every, you can kind of trace cultures yin and yanging uh i guess aggression and like more receptivity or whatever with solar cycles so it's like oh my god you have like cocaine and punk rock and then you have grunge which is like kind of hyper overdrive still like nirvana is still very psychedelic and kind of feminine in a way is there's no in a weird way when you start trying to define polarities like you find counter polarities and it, it's a fractal so maybe i'm overly accepting at this point because i sound I, i'm ambivalent is maybe the best way to put it i don't have a horse in the race so it's not like i don't have a gender identity issue particularly where i'm like oh my god am i a woman in a man's body like i'm not dealing with these things so i don't really know how to speak into it and i do want to make people feel safe to explore their realities but what you're saying is be discerning basically which is the hard part which is like it's like yes of course you're drinking you know coca-cola but that's because every fucking movie screen has said look at all these sexy people drinking coca-cola before the movie and subconsciously programming us which is either like i was saying to rafael when you were um taking that hit it's like either 
we are way more fucked and we're in like a Gnostic demiurge situation where it's like really fucked up and we need to like escape the matrix or we just have to learn to accept sea changes. I mean, at one point, like it was in yeah, or are, or are and fucking... engineered, like, right. That's the question is, are these are, is this a natural evolutionary process or is the natural evolutionary process just a socially engineered concept by these alchemists to make people accept it and be ambivalent hmm. so that people can do whatever they choose as a their, victim of the neoliberal agenda. Watch out. Yeah. Like if, if like, are, are you really, you know, identifying as a woman in a, in a man's body or have we been so, uh, basically our personality's been split through this, these drugs and mind control to, uh, push us in that direction. Right. So it's kind of like and then now we're trying to reclaim masculinity. But can we are we able to when when I reclaimed my masculinity, I got canceled. I got shit on. I got everything in the book thrown at me. Yet I was advocating for trans queer people of color and that agenda for a long time in the non-binary, non-conformist, gender fluid world that I was in and that I was participating in. And now when I want to say, actually, let me take that identity off of me and let me reclaim my own sovereignty, suddenly I was a threat. Instead of just saying, oh, yeah, we can coexist. It wasn't about coexisting. It was about, no, white, white men are the problem. They created the war uh, against Jews. They've been doing the slavery. It's also another to a degree, yes, psychological <laughs> right. warfare tactic to pit you know women against men, people of color against white, all these sort of things. I think Is that's the issue because I think ultimately it's polarity, but when it comes to duality, where it's like we are, we find our identity in this, and it's necessarily antithetical to another position. So now our identity is is not only trying to defend our x position but it's antithetical to y so we will war i mean this is why gryffindor and slytherin hate each other but they're all on Huffle, they're all on the fucking hogwarts it's like we're all humans down here fucking around so it's like okay but then people start identifying and it's weird because there's this hubristic thing and i think it's like a post-renaissance thing which gets weird because that is one you know I wouldn't go as far as Luciferianism, but that's when the Illuminati kind of Bavarian stuff started happening. Uh, when people were looking at man as the measure of nature and God, like we started kind of, it's weird because I see the truth in it. It's like, oh my God, my hands are the Fibonacci sequence. And oh my gosh, like, you know, the number, it, it's a very surreal dream we're in. Uh, so and then have you looked at the, the Fibonacci uh, and also the Christ spiral? Have you seen the Christ codes? There's a Fibonacci code and then there's a, a Christ code. So they're saying that the, the Fibonacci and the flower of life is actually an imprisonment uh, mathematical equation that is the negative dark timeline, actually. And that these these where we're at within our time and space continuum and the mathematics of that Fibonacci and these codes that have been in, integrated into this matrix or whatever are these dark agenda timelines. And so now we have the, you know, the um, the journey to bring another timeline, you know, but now, but how are we going to do it? You know, like that's the challenge is how are we going to bring this other timeline of, of real consciousness, awakening and light through this period of, of massive darkness and confusion and dysmorphia and psychological subversion? Like, can we get, can we straighten this out? 
or are we doomed? Like that's kind of the ultimate question that we're facing. It's very existential. And then there's the other theory of like, you know, what is our planet and whatever this flat earth, this, and the moon's just a satellite and planets aren't really real. And there's not really anything out there. It's just a hologram. And these planets are really just portals and everything that we think is out there is actually inside of us uh, internally. So it's like, we're exploring all of these different things like have we been lied to in all these different ways about the nature of reality just so that these people who do understand our reality can harness our confusion and arguments to basically keep us arguing amongst ourselves as they push their agenda forward i don't know yeah if people had and it's i'm not a bit, I, I do psychedelics because I need this clarity and whether I'm even getting clarity is a debatable point. Like Christian, hardcore Christians would be like, that's witchcraft. It's like, Oh God. And Christianity was, was rooted a lot in these illusion mystery schools and in, in, in Greek and before in these ancient mystery schools and these um, Gnostics and stuff. And so when you, when you see that, that, that the psychedelic culture originally was, you know, the the mushroom and the and the psychedelics and the ergot root and the way that they would give out these psychedelics as a way to create um this ego death and soul death so that they can be reborn like that was essentially when what we experience on psychedelics like lsd and mushrooms that we that we think we've died or that we have these experiences that transcend life and death and then we come back and we're like whoa what just happened so it's like we're given these these psychedelic tools that uh, are uh, very consciousness expanding, but then also look at what they've given us. Why would they give us Coca-Cola? Why wouldn't they give us green juice? Why wouldn't they give us organic oh, yeah. green juice? Why wouldn't they promote that if they want if if it's really an equal balance? Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, okay, there's like a Sith Lord who's like, I know sugar will give cancer. Let's make them all cancerous and slaves. Like there's yeah, maybe a level of that. And then sometimes I'm like, maybe there's just ignorant, you know, like uh, some, and this is a uh, compartmentalization so just, culture can be like, well, we're just doing what the consumers want. Stocks are going up. If we sell that, they want this. And it's just a vicious cycle of ignorance, basically. Death, death is money, and 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 having destroying people's health is is money, and this the transgender uh, war against culture is money because then you can sell products to one side, and you can sell products to the other side. Although, and, wouldn't unisex make it half as profitable? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Right, uh, <laughs> right. It's, it's like. It's it's just a funny weird time we're in, and, and in a sense, like I honor your journey, so like I can't relate to all of it, obviously, but I do honor it because I think. And, and I'm not anti-trans even. Like I'm not even trying to push that narrative. I'm just exploring the other side because I was on the other side for so long, yeah. and I'm saying, what's going like on? Like when you're telling five year olds, like do what you want. It's like I mean, the Bible says something that's like, who knows the heart? Like no one can plumb the depths. It's like you don't want to give free reign really over to your ego in a sense because you might have an impulse one day that you you know you want to kiss a guy or whatever the fuck. And it's like that's not even your heart. It's an egoic impulse or an exploration of consciousness or whatever. And then what happens is you start getting parts of cultures that find their identity in these things. Like if you, it's one thing to like football, but if you're yeah. a bears fan and you go to a bears fan bar, it's like, and then you wear a fucking Redskins or whatever they call themselves now, like a Cowboys Jersey. It's like, there's war because guess what? People are identifying with the polarity to the extent that they're not seeing the unity. That's, that's where I'm kind of hung up where it's like, look, it's okay to be whatever. If Jeffrey star wants to do Jeffrey stars thing or Jeffrey Epstein was, they, they are doing what thou wilt. Like everybody is. That's the irony. Like Crowley got it in a way. I'm not into Crowley, but it's like everybody's doing what they want. 
now are we doing what we what the royal we want or the mini me wants or like how is this working or are we psychologically <clears throat> subverting people and and convincing them by giving them all of these messages to little kids like me like if i was at, at when i was seven eight nine years old and putting on my mom's dresses and dancing around a madonna and mariah carey what what if it was the what if it was now would would i want to be a girl would i want to change yeah, how my, far would it go and yeah. would my mom would my mom have let me would she get arrested if she didn't let me would would i be taken away from her and then transgendered to the point where i'd be one of those people who'd be like coming out later in life that i've seen who were like i was transgendered and now I'm coming to realize that I don't you know, I and my identity and I took all these hormones and I did all this surgery on my body and now I can't reverse it. And I realized that that's actually not who I am. And I want to get back into the body that I was born into and accept that. So why are we trying to push a, a narrative where people have to change all these things about them to have an identity? Why aren't we supporting people to accept the body that they were born into? Um, and maybe they're just feeding, like, what, what are they putting in these vaccines when we're kids? You know, are they putting in different types of DNA? Are they putting in chemicals that are, uh, you know, changing our biology and changing our chemistry to where I am more, we are more gay or more prone to different gender dysmorphia or bisexuality or different sexual narratives? Um, you know, I'm curious because I did start detoxifying really heavily because of my health conditions. And after I detoxed and balanced my hormones, I actually was like, oh wait, I actually am really comfortable with my manhood that I never was before. Um, what happened to me? Is this what they're doing to people? That's when I was like, wait, what's going on here? Is this, was I, was I subverted into this? And if I had been in a different generation like now, would it be even more extreme than it was than just getting molested and going out and being a gay escort? Would I have been trans? And would I have been now famous because if I had pushed the trans narrative and gone through that, then maybe I'd be on Pose, maybe I'd be on TV, maybe I'd get my record deal with these people who support this narrative and I'd suddenly be out on stage as a trans artist pushing that narrative because I'd have the fame and the money and the, and the blackmail behind me to push me out there go do the thing. Like these are the things like why aren't these stars and celebrities speaking out against what's happening with the the COVID pandemic and the and the vaccine and the genocide why are they promoting all of this why are they pushing it on the people when clearly it's showing that people are getting really injured people are dying and they're just sitting there Dolly Parton saying oh, get your jabs everyone go get your jabs you know and and Elton John is oh yes everybody get your jabs now everyone get vaccinated you know and it's like is this what's what's really going on here why is why are they doing that i doubt they're levitating to baphomet at night my my thing would be they're in ignorance and they're just part of populism and they want to stay on top well, and they get shit, paid right? for sure this is well proven they all get paid so either they're immediately involved in the blackmail mafia type situation or you had all these influencers now well documented and proven and and i guess this was the same all around the world they literally got messages oh you're a youtube creator we have this great new campaign and don't you want to earn 2000 quick bucks and make a video according to these standards and tell everyone that vaccination is so safe vaccination you know and that uh, you want to really explain it to those that are hesitant and tell them the cdc says it's so amazing or whatever so there is 
if one looks a bit closer, there's obvious money ties, like very obvious. And just to your point uh, in terms of whether... So there's this one interesting idea in Law of One in terms of homosexuality, which explains it with a, with a sense of a density, meaning that even to some extent population density may cause homosexuality, even to naturally occur. I find that an interesting concept, also spiritually. Well, that's kind of but, what we are talking about earlier. It's if everyone's like, never, you know, don't show any compassion or femininity if you in a very repressed culture, the way it explores itself will be pretty radical, probably. I, mean, I think homo homosexuality is natural. I think there is a, a, a naturalness to it. I think that it's, uh, but I don't think that it is as natural as the culture that we are exposed to today right. is is exploiting it. You know, because because me, I'm I'm homosexual now or I've got, I'm bisexual, but like even with my homosexual tendencies, doesn't mean I have to go like this and have to be like, yes, bitch, yes, work, work. Okay, yes, let's get cut, honey. Okay, so now if I'm gay, is this how I need to act? Is this how I need to act to be accepted by society? Because I'm gonna slay, honey, slay, bitch, yes, get it, work. This like is that, where we're like an ego. Like, this is where I'm accepted in community, but if I go in there like this, and grounded in my masculinity, suddenly I'm a threat. So what's natural here? What's really natural? Exactly. And just to bring it up here, of course, Alex Jones likes to talk about the gay frogs, you know, which anyone actually looking into it understands this is a real causation with chemicals. So it's very easy for me to imagine that. And there are some hints that certain, you know, drugs, potentially certain therapies, certain vaccines and so on, and also a general hormonal and overall you know nutrition imbalance could cause all kinds of things even within the womb and later and any of these cultural factors added on and the other funny example another alex jones example but it's really true in this case they especially when let's say there were the trump campaigns or more rallies and women's marches and so on and then they said oh let's check out this demonstration and they went after the demonstration and they always make fun of the soy boys right and literally i mean i'm sorry but if you look at some of those pictures they really don't look very healthy and it's definitely too much estrogen for them <laughs> and then literally they walk and they just put the camera on the floor and it's literally full of soy lattes and i was like oh my god like this is almost like the the panzer chocolate or how was it called in english like whatever drugs they gave during the war the ecstasy and so on you know it's almost like that's their fuel you know um and yeah what's what's maybe also another issue is that even though one may be critical of this culture and i'm ever since i recognize it so i've been to clubs and had different friends and so on also some very nice but overall i was like my belief system for many different reasons is much too divergent to be able to fit into any subculture and the least of one which hears in my view shitty music like lady gaga all day you know i, I can't really stand it i have other preferences um although that the, one song from a star is born is good i'll give her that uh, but then this gets into preference of the I, I just know, yeah, yeah I, I just want to mention something in particular because what I've also I'm on the deep end watch as I dive in I'll never reach the ground I've that tried one? to that song so what I want to point <laughs> out is a similar <laughs> similar experience that you've had I've had and I've heard in a, some way from others as well is that also some people also teenagers or whatever then may feel I mean now I don't want to know how completely confused one has to be now with all this completely overdriven everything now it's completely I insane want to be growing up now 
yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but but even here, that even if one is critical of that, I would actually be supportive again of everyone, you know, being as they want to be, really exercising their free will, being into integrity, being able to say no, you know, to any sort of abuse, whether it's emotional, sexual, economic, spiritual. Yeah. Um, but also that as a teenager growing up now, it can be incredibly confusing and even be off-putting to be like, okay maybe I'm bisexual or whatever, or I'm not sure. And then I see this kind of culture. And if I have some semblance of, I don't know, integrity or some spider sense, I would, and also I mostly was, be repulsed by it actually, which then only makes it more difficult to properly relate and have positive relationships because all you know is like you said, be dirty, get abused. And I'm like, sorry, this is not a model. You know, this is not a healthy integrated toroidal alchemical right. energy you're thing. Gonna you know? explore, so, you're going to explore your bisexuality by what? Going and getting drunk at a bar, making out with a guy and just twerking. That's not like a grounded exploration of, of sexuality. There's not really a place in our world where people can just explore um, on their own terms, right? It's about, so when you do as thou wilt, are we really able to commune on our own terms or do we only have these parameters of the, of our cultural narratives and these places to go to, to explore them that give us only Lady Gaga and Cardi B so that we can wop, 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 and just like get into the splits and pop our asses up in the air because we want to fuck. That's not a, a, a sincere exploration of, of whatever our, our, you know, really higher our higher selves and our sensitivity about what how we want to explore with connecting to each other. It's just, it's 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 very subversive and it's overshadowed by this fucking pussy popping twerk culture of of like just fucking and getting fucked up. So I think that you could see quartiles usually, and I think whether it's you know like a quartile, right? Um, so on the above part would be like someone. Would, and nobody really has full integrity, but somebody who's worried about that versus on the bottom, maybe no integrity, no boundaries and stuff. And it seems that's what we've been driven by impulses. So like McDonald's is putting fats and salts in the food because our bodies are designed for that. And then we're over pushing the pleasure button or whatever, the easy button. And now we're just in a self-indulgent culture. And this is what it looks like when you have kind of an evolution of sexual exploration and exploration of consciousness, expansion through psychedelics and exploration of political affiliation. Uh, because it's just as unhealthy the militant you know go-go dancer um kind of being hyper sassy is just as toxic as you might think as the guy um the general in full metal jacket right. whatever i mean that's that the whole point is like it doesn't they're on one side of the pole but they're up here or down here it's like they're they're part of the non-integrity non-compassion non you know they're they're seeing it from their perspective and because maybe they're identifying for various reasons, trauma. I mean, this is where perpetuation and stuff. It's like that guy's an asshole. I mean, if you've seen American History X, uh, not American History X, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, what's it called? Jack Spacey in it and uh, American Beauty. So the oh, neighbor yeah. who's like, he's not like a flamboyant homosexual, but he has urges. But because he's trying to repress those urges, it becomes violent and the man dies because of this. So it's like, that's what we're dealing with. I think people, it's not so much like, are you conservative or liberal? Are you trans? Are you hyper you know straight or whatever that is that's a level of this axis but i think the other axis is more like are you ignorant or are you in like are you moving out of ignorance kind of thing because the ignorant level would be like it's all about me 
Because in some weird solipsistic way, it is all about you. You live alone, you die alone, you got to figure out shit on your own. I mean, there's a reality to that. But at some level, um, the ego, that's what I was saying earlier, the ego in, 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 in the movie Inception, the very beginning, it's like a mind, an idea is like a virus. And I think there's a lot of viruses going around. And some people are more susceptible to certain viruses than others. No pun intended with COVID and all that shit. But, um, and, it's, and in a way, it's like, it's a tragic comedy we're a part of. And it's like, that's just the stage and the dynamics. This is if people can, if people can transcend their ignorance and realize, Oh my God, the person, you know, who's an alcoholic or whatever, isn't maybe like maybe part of them is just overindulged because Heineken commercials were on all the time, but maybe part of them is like literally trying to fill a certain personality hole. And it's like a process for them. And cause I've dealt with drug and alcohol addiction and stuff. Um, Maybe the thing to note, of course, here just briefly, is that, of course, also this industrial complex is well integrated. You know, you have one part that makes sure you're traumatized. You have the other part that makes sure you're being offered the solution with Heineken, you know. So it's just kind of naive to really believe that these are purely separated and only working for economic reasons, which on many levels they are for sure. But on the overarching arching system to anyone who can contemplate it and has the funds and so on to do that, of course, you know, just like with hip hop, the perfect example you gave at some point, apparently they had this meeting with the executives and said, look, we're now invested in the prison industrial complex. We're going to want to get the prisons full. Governor's going to be happy because it's going to get some jobs. You know, we're going to have some nice whatever CIA low level, uh, not officially CIA, but selling their drugs on the street, you know, poisoning individuals. It adds to pharma, you know, music industry adds to all kinds of agendas. So it's just I think it's very naive to believe that these are truly separate, although within the hierarchy, many, of course, are just ignorant and money hungry and so on. Of course, ignorance is the problem. And, and I toxic, toxic uh, Christianity and hyper masculinity is just as toxic as, you know, the the dogmatic gender fluid um, aggression on on each side. So there's there's aggression on both sides to kind of find this this identity in what's right or wrong or what's good or bad. And they are they are a conflict to each other, which is why in alchemy it's about balance. And that's why in Buddhism it's about the middle path. You know, and where you're not really pushing to one side or the other, that you're kind of walking in the in the, in the middle path. But yet we're surrounded by these polarities that are supposedly, you know, in my opinion, supposed to teach us, you know, when we see all that's on the board, then we can choose more accurately where where we want to go. You're right. Like if, if, if this hadn't come about the way it is, maybe we wouldn't have gotten hip to trying to investigate more of what it is to have an identity or to transcend an identity or, or what is happening culturally and whether we want to push for it or not, you know? So it's, I think it's a fascinating conversation and it's kind of, it's, it's, it's apocalypse a, too. It, I think we're very much at the end in a way of a certain type of human behavior and being like humans weren't always this way and it won't always be this way. It's like, we tend to be like, this is the best time it ever was. It's like, man, you know, there was a time when people, I mean, based off of presuppositions, like didn't leave their fire and said, kill anybody we don't know out of here or whatever. It's like we're coming from very weird roots and we're going to places that might not even be bound by corporeality with virtual reality and AI and all this stuff. I'm not all about that. Raphael's very much not about that. Um, but it's being expressed. And I think in a weird way, like what I'm having trouble with is like, how do I accept it? And what, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. What is like discernment in terms of action ability versus acceptance? Like, I don't want to just like be, you know, passive to the point where I'm like witnessing, but that's kind of what we are necessarily. And then when we choose to particip participate with things at various levels, we attach and those attachments 
create karma and then the whole dance happens. So it's like, it's just an amazing thing. And I really do think we're probably, I mean, maybe I'm being naive. I think we're probably in the next, you know, 10, 20 years or whatever. We're going to look different. It's kind of like, um, you know, teenage years or whatever. We're not sure about who we are. We're revolting against authority. Uh, some of us, and then some of us are doubling down and becoming like, you know, hyper militant and all this. It, it's, we're, it's a growing pain time. And when is it not, I guess, but uh, I guess I have hope that um, apotheosis will happen at some level, like uh, neon evangelion. And we're not going to be like, Oh my God, that's an angel coming to attack me. And I'm in a red suit and you're fucking my mom cloned and all this drama that we attach to at a level, which is interesting. And we've asked for it, but it's already happened anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think we're going to pop up and be like, wow, that was a fucking crazy concept album on crack called 3d earth life. And everything from, you know, the reptilian part of your brain. Cause when people are like, Oh my God, reptilian overload, I'm like, is this just a psychological projection from a part of our brainstem? Like I, it, it's tricky. And obviously our models change. And I think that it is tricky, is which is hard. why trickery is so popular these days because yes. it is, it is tricky and it's easy to trick people who aren't grounded in any type of thing, which is why I did come back to Christianity for a reason, because it actually did ground me in something that was, had a substantial internal um, foundation of, of, of morals and virtue that is universal. You know, I feel like do what thou wilt is dangerous if what thou wilt is harming other people, you know? So it's, I think that Christianity with love thy neighbor and, and, and Buddhism with do no harm is, is I think relevant now, as opposed to um, Aleister Crowley's do it, do as thou wilt, which was to usher in what the age of, um, Horus. Horus, yeah. So we had Isis, Osiris, and now Horus, which is the age of the, of the child. So now here we are talking about what's right for children, what's happening to children. North so Gemini. Pedophilia now is being pushed, right? So they're saying, oh, yeah, kids can have sex with adults. It's fine. Is that right? Oh, kids want to switch their gender. Yeah, let them do it. Is that right? I mean, these are the these are existential questions that we need to be asking. And uh, and we're seeing on the on the news and in the the Hollywood narratives that we aren't really allowed to ask these questions, which is where I feel like the suppression and the censorship is pushing a narrative that we need to break through. But is it our karmic duty and divine path to break through these narratives? Because if we don't, then people are going to get hurt. Or is getting involved not the right thing? Because if we get involved, we're going to create more conflict. What's, just hard, what's hard your questions. yeah but i'm curious uh joy what's your individual view on that or your individual stance or why would you say you do speak up and not just you know keep quiet go along to get along um i guess because i've seen the trauma affect me and shut me down in my ways to where I don't want that to happen to other people, I guess, you know, part of it is that it has been so traumatizing and has affected me so much to where I have been afraid to speak my truth in the world. And I don't, and, and I pursued my career in Hollywood because I felt so called in my heart to share who I am. And now I felt it is so who you are fucking sun, Venus conjunct fifth house. Gemini. You are here to shine as a self. 
So don't yeah. ever fret that just on what stage and what manner or whatever. That's the question, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically, you know, it, it could be purely egoic and narcissistic to think, oh, because of my experience, now I got to help other people to not to avoid the same experience. Or is it um, a, a real uh, spiritual soul level calling for me to speak out because I see the harm being done and I want to stop it? You know, I mean, ultimately, I like to believe that I, I, I see that where the harm is is happening and not only just for people individually, but how it's affecting uh, culturally. And then um, by researching the history of it and watching the timeline of the narratives evolve, uh, the jig is up. On, yeah. In my opinion, the jig is up. And now we're dealing with the aftermath of it because it's been exposed and um yeah, I don't know exactly where the chips are going to fall, but I think the conversation definitely needs to be had. Yeah, I'd just like to mention two things briefly. So we just yesterday had Marcel Polte on who had written, I'll send you his show, I think you'll enjoy it, speaking about uh, abuse and mind control, and in a sense, even not allowing a solid, even primary biological definition towards one gender as an identification point may only lend itself even further to a very primary very early personality split actually because like what am i now a boy a girl who knows and i could still decide anything like I want. my personality split like i use it in uh, as an artistic thing but like here i am as masculine and then here i am as feminine you could call me a schizophrenic but when my opinion is that acting training itself teaches you to be schizophrenic that's what you're right. you're training to literally identify with every identity that could possibly exist so that you can enact that and embody these all any identity that you're given so you're basically training yourself to become a, a blank slate and then take on whatever identity and that's where i was able to deconstruct all of this because i was like oh huh this is like my training becoming inverted and i was able to look culturally at what was happening because of my training as an actor because i've had to embody different roles and playing a role as a as a killer in a horror film was extremely traumatizing for me bludgeoning this girl to death with a hammer and and uh and and my girlfriend like rejected me and i went and killed her new baby brother and i like sawed it in half with a freaking chainsaw and like blood splattering all over me and it's like is this art or am I just being fucked up in the head by playing this role for this student film that I took me a long time to get over? What Both. role is really good help for? <laughs> it is art. It's an expression of highly negatively polarized expression, I guess you could say. Uh, what comes to mind, and we can let you go soon if you've got to go to work. Um, in Star Wars, Anakin, his intention to save Padme, let him to do actions that result in a very... It, it's all good. It's actually a, ultimately a balancing the force because the Jedi were all cocky and kind of lazy and just like, we own this shit and there's no Sith. It's like, this guy, it's just like the law of one you were saying, right? Where it's like, there's only got to be a few bad guys, but they need to exist. So we have an understanding of what righteousness is. And the majority of us are trying to go that way. But yeah, it's hard to be discerning. Um, ultimately, we have to take responsibility for our actions to the degree that we're aware of them with the integrity that we can. We have to have compassion. Be like, holy shit, I was, a, you know, we're never fully woke. Like, and that's the tricky part with woke culture where it's like you know like even last night on mushrooms i was like trying to explain to my brother it's like we're in a fucking 64 star tetrahedron universe you know it's like and it's like <laughs> you know what and then i looked and i was like you're exactly where you need to be 
your your karma's where you need to be. Like if you're not on this shit, if you're more worried about like vote, you know, he's like all about getting the jab and all this shit. It's like that's where you're at, bro. And it's like I have I have to honor that in a weird way. And then when you do that, you create a container for the polarity and energy within you that you don't start having alchemical reactions needlessly. You don't, you know. So like because fear, I mean, ultimately, right? Anakin's like, oh my god, I want to control his heart was in the right place. I love Padme, but his expression of it was like, I want to control her longevity. How do I do this? You mean I can become necrotic and like dark Lordish? Sure. I'll learn that shit. And it's like, he meant well, but look where it ends up. And his kids are traumatized. And oh my God, they're kissing each other without knowing it. I mean, talk about all this crazy shit, right? It's like as within, so without, you know, Hollywood is showing us just how extravagantly, I mean, this is what, you know, all have fallen short of the glory of perfection, whatever that is. And in a weird way, we're exactly where we are in this messy kind of birthing process. It's like, I haven't watched, I mean, I watched it. I talk about like, you know, brainwashing kids in early age. We did, uh, what is it called? Um, sex ed or whatever it's called. And uh, most of the time, my parents, hardcore Christians, are like, we don't want you watching that, which has its own ramifications. I mean, I lost my virginity to a prostitute at 25, even though I went down on a girl at 13, because I just like, I don't know what's even going on here. Like, it's like, oh my God. Anyway, the point is, um, the sex ed thing, it showed this lady giving birth and I was like, oh my God, this is not traumatizing, but it's like, that's not a, there's no stork here. It's a bloody arduous rite of passage. And I think in a weird way that we have to look at life as that, like we are consciousness entering into this very dynamic, constrained, polarized thing. And it's a privilege and a curse. And it's also, it's a paradox. I mean, we're in a paradox. So it's like, there's black holes, but there's the sun and I'm alive, but dark matter and all this kind of stuff. Right. So I'm very happy. Let me put it this way. I'm pleased to see that your journey is expressing itself pretty much where you need it to go. And that doesn't, uh, I mean, just looking at your chart, I mean, you've got, I think Pluto, uh, Libra moon and eighth house. Of course, you're going to have insanely traumatizing relationships emotionally and like transform through relationship, like at an alchemical level more than most. Um, so I don't like wish your story upon others, but I, I, and in a weird way, it's like, Thank you for being, you know, like weeds and roses are all necessary in the terrarium. It's like if all we have is roses, it's not quite realistic. It's very, you know, so it's like bad shit happens, bad shit, whatever we think, you know, and and hopefully we learn through it and don't perpetuate it. And that's really the whole point of ignorance and kind of like getting the above perspective because you're not going to go traumatize people the way you were. And you don't necessarily even have to run into, you know a sex slave den and rip them out and be all, it doesn't have to be like that proactive necessarily. I mean, if you feel compelled to feel free, obviously like go save the kids. Um, I, I need backup for that. I need backup. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, like the, like the, the red cross boats or whatever. I mean, this is where conspiracy theories go crazy. And I'm like, who knows what's going on? People have hopes and dreams and delusions and all sorts of end of age of Pisces. We're really there where it's like, Holy shit, this dream is gnarly. I guess what I'm kind of saying ultimately in my kind of two senses, um, thank you for being what you have been and what you are and what you will be because it's necessary and it's necessary. It might not be good or bad. Like in terms, like those are human kind of conjectures, but it's like you, you know, it's part of the symphony of being. And when we come to terms with that, I think that's when we kind of know how to interact better at another level. It's not even a better level. It's just like a more mature level. So like, you know, kids are like, I want this and then do X, Y, Z. And a lot of us are, a lot of our culture, I mean, if you look at like whether it's, you know, leaders, they put on a pretense of like, you know, whatever, but it's basically like bullying and just impulsive stuff. But the impulse is there for a reason. So it's this kind of paradox. 
I mean, we're, we're container splintering out ever forward to the infinite possibilities that we could be. I'm yeah. ranting Gemini life, but the point is I yeah. appreciate your journey, even though I don't fully understand it. And I don't even want to justify it and say you had to do it. Like that seems almost like dispassionate. Well, I'm like, well I, oh did, I did have to do it because it's done. It happened yeah. and uh, it was what it was. And that's why I used the Gemini narrative to, to weave this together because it is about polarities and it is about where I feel um, that my, calling and and whatever whatever you want to call it is for for bridging these these polarities right and being being someone who can take two sides and then find a way to weave them together and unite and explore these polarities in a way that can help illuminate the principles that come out of that um, expansion of those experiences so that's where I that's where I use that that Gemini alchemy because as a as an optimist um, ultimately like I do want to believe that we're on our way to a better world and that we are on our way to a golden age and that this is just a dark time of humanity that uh, maybe these alchemical elites are very aware of and they're just pushing it onto the world because they they have they see a higher purpose in it. So I like to see a higher purpose in my experiences and I'm I'm grateful for the reflections that I've been able to have and the conversations I've been able to have to explore the nature of reality and the nature of our world and our current day and, um, and how we can come together and create, um, you know, a coexistence between these polarities in a way that we don't have to a war against each other, but we can keep children safe and we can keep, uh, create a safe world and at the same time still weave these polarities. So that's the journey and it's an ongoing one. It's, it's clearly an eternal one. Uh, you know, if they say that light and dark and the battle of good and evil is this eternal ongoing thing, then it just must be that so that we can have these opportunities to expand our consciousness and to grow on a soul level. So I take it, I take it as that, but I also want to protect children and I want people to have, make a decision that is right for them when they actually have the, um, when they can step away from all of these cultural narratives to actually make that decision. So, yeah. Now Thank you, you get astrology. So, I mean, a Capricorn is going to do business things, a Gemini. So you're doing exactly how you're wired. And I don't even, it's just fascinating. If we, if you have a minute or two, there's a little thing I want to read, which might inspire you. I've read it before. Um, it's very new agey as fuck, but I think it gives us a little perspective. Um, kind of like what you're saying. My American spirit while you do that. All right, word. So it's um, from this Mayan oracle, Galactic Language of Light book, uh, oracle deck I got that I've never even used, actually. <laughs> um, you know how life goes, consumerism fail. But uh, the myth, the, but I've read this, if I got it for just this few paragraphs, that's why I got it. So it says, the mythic call, an invitation to transformation. I mean, here's the trans, it's, it, it's not bad, it's just, I think our understanding of things in our mature, because I'm not even like, yeah, let's everyone be all gender bendy. It's just like, it is what it is, or whatever. But here's what this is saying it is. Once upon a time, in a galaxy far away, right, a, gla a, gal a galactic council was called. A mythic call was sent out to countless light beings, the children of the sun, the angelic winged ones, the sun runners, the rainbow warriors, and other luminous beings from many star systems. This great circle of light beings gathered from far and wide. At the appointed nexus, the love of the spinning galaxies entered, gracing them all with ravening celestial light in the following words. Quote, you are being invited to incarnate upon a world where a great transformation is taking place, began the love of the spinning galaxies. You who respond and embody this call will go to a place where the illusions of fear and separation are being played out and, and the galactic cycle of evolution is coming to both an end and a new beginning. 
I'm calling those who, with the needed talents and gifts to act as my emissaries there, to lift and transform the frequencies of planet Earth simply by embodying and anchoring in a sense, we don't have to warn, you know, whatever, just embodying this stuff, be the light, right? Be the change. Embodying and anchoring love's presence there. You will, by your very presence, transmute into love the vibration of fear that now blankets consciousness there. In this myth, you will play yourselves, holy innocents, divine child creators of this new reality of the golden octave. The love of the spinning galaxies continued on other journeys. Each of you has proven to be a feeling navigator, able, able to awaken your consciousness and align your heart to the promptings of pure love and compassionate service. As sunrunners and torchbearers, you have already demonstrated that you will hold the light high. And so I invite you to incarnate en masse among the tribes of Earth to assist Gaia and all her children in their initiation of the transmutation of matter. This transformation coming to Earth is very rare and precious, even among the many miracles of the cosmos. The magnificence of your loving presence will greatly assist the earth in utilizing the alchemical frequencies of transformation that will open up new dimensional realities. You are diviners of harmony who transform simply through your vibrational presence. It is part of the plan that you will be veiled in forgetting so that you will experience directly what this level of fear and separation feels like, such that you can transform it from the inside out. The mystery of the spinning galaxies went on. However, as you remember the feeling of the sacred garden of childlike innocence and trust, you will become the harmonic leavening in this cycle of initiation for Earth. You will incarnate strategically, often in some of the most dense vibrational areas on the planet. You who embrace this mythic call, walking into the illusion, may forget the splendor of who you are as light beings, experiencing the overwhelming density of Earth. To some, the illusion of separation from love may create feelings of hopelessness, lack of support, and vibrational alienation. The very gifts which are being called forth to assist Gaia may be seen as a cause for resistance, fear, and projection by that which is being transformed. Yet, it will be your love that will transform the depths of your duality and your frequencies of light that will quicken the many. Your participation on this mythic quest is purely voluntary. However, this transformational shift on Earth is very rare and precious. The Earth is spinning into a powerful nexus of evolution. You are being invited to incarnate as a single global family on Earth. Should you choose to accept this mission, you will have the opportunity to catalyze and synthesize all that you have been during many incarnations, receiving a rarely offered quantum leap in consciousness. It is up to you as a myth maker to choose how you will dance with Terra Gaia and her children as she com completes her ceremony of light. So spoke the spinning galaxy, uh, the light of the spinning galaxies. And so it was that the luminous beings who formed the countless alliances, federations, and councils of the faithful of the stars chose to incarnate on planet Earth to assist in this crucial event, the awakening of consciousness from the dream of matter, form, and separation. As warned, many luminous beings have indeed forgotten who they are and why they came to Earth, but there was even a fail-safe process built into the plan to awaken these beings from the veil of forgetfulness that is so rife upon Earth. The luminous ones who would journey to Gaia's assistance agreed to spark each other's remembrance, that the mythic grandeur of this cosmic play of light in the greater hologram would be played out victoriously. Thus, these starseeds... Were, uh, these star-seated ones were encoded in many ways with sounds, colors, lights, images, words, and symbols, a vibrational resonance that would assist them in remembering their commitment to the light. The celestial sounds of the crystal singers would catalyze deep remembrance of their star codings. It was agreed that these coded clues would appear everywhere, in visionary art and music, in penetrating looks, in speech and feeling, all creating a deep yearning to awaken and become the embodiment of love. These symbols would act as an alarm going off, assisting them in awaking and staying in their joy. These companions of destiny were encoded in the very cells of their bodies with a new galactic template and consciousness, awakening them to the power of their simple presence and love.
So it is that you, the children of the sun, are now being bathed in the waters of remembrance, prepared as rainbow warriors to fill the promise of the new and ancient myth unfolding. You embody the key to igniting unity consciousness on earth, ushering in Gaia and her children into the radiant robes of light. Know that, mad, know that the magic you were born with is indeed real. The feast of the light players is coming together to celebrate as one heart. By simply anchoring love's presence on earth, you lovingly draw down the mantle of the gods, sending waves of healing and uplifting energy throughout Gaia's eagerly receptive body. As you emerge in this time, it's almost over. As you emerge in this time, your gifts awaken and empower others. Utilizing the tools of laughter, song, dance, humor, joy, trust, and love, you are creating the powerful surge of transformation that will transmute the limitations of the old myth of duality and separation, birthing the miracle of unity consciousness on earth. The time is now, luminous children of the sun. Incomprehensible is the joy of creation as you feel called to gather together in ever-widening circles of the great heart mandala of light, which will one day ignite a critical mass triggering a power surge which will transmute matter into a higher octave of being. You are called into wakefulness, sun-eyed children of the marvelous dawn. Ancient skywalkers, rise up. Utilize your gifts on behalf of Gaia. In a supernova of consciousness, Gaia and her children will ascend in robes of light, forming a luminous light body of love to re be reborn among the stars. The mythic call has been sounded. The mythic quest has begun. Awaken, rainbow warriors, sunrunners, luminous beings from the galactic alliances, federations, and councils of the stars. Ancient skywalkers, stand in the beauty and power of your true identity as love's gift to Gaia. Set aside self-doubt. You are a divine child of the sun. Go wherever your heart draws you to share your great gifts. Surrender to the magic that you are as love, and the miracle will be manifested here on earth. Return to the garden. Return to the sun. Return to innocence. Return to the one. Remember, we dance and sing here for the one heart. And I mean, that's super heady kind of rainbow tribe, whatever, but it's like... I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think we're all here for this that. This is like, correct. You know it's fucking hard, <laughs> but goddamn, we're the leavening. And we're going from one state to another, and this is it. And this is what I wrote, this ebook, The Seven Wizardly Ways of Wellness. Heck yeah. We'll have to get you on that. to talk about that specifically next time. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, Thank you guys so much. Well, shit. Get to work, bro. I don't want to get you fired. Yeah, or anything. Yeah. Uh, but thanks so much for coming on. Uh, really appreciate your story, your honesty, your candor, your heart I, and your mind. Like you're on the wave, dude. You get it. But we're all doing it in a weird way. So it's like, let's yeah. just try to embody the transformation as opposed to forcing it maybe. But that's another conversation, right? So yeah, love you, I dude. I, I, I really this opportunity to communicate and to connect with you guys. And this is an ongoing conversation. I mean, this is just part one. This is just, we just laid some groundwork and now we're going to grow off of, off of these conversations for more. So Amen. many blessings, absolutely. And much love and light to you. And that's why I emanate unconditional love across the planet and even all the dark forces, we send them love because the transmutational process and the power of love is, is the key. So that's why we want to connect to our hearts and the power of love as the, the main tool that is going to be this transformational um, awakening process that we're all a part of. So thank you that so much. That mythic call. That mythic call. We're, we answered it. So just be proud of yourselves. Thank you uh, so in much. In a very humble way. All I have left to say is my favorite quote from one of the very old Bashar channelings, channeling galactic energy. And because you talked about the mythic call and the very last sentence is, Accept yourselves, love yourselves unconditionally. For out of unconditional love were you created, and out of unconditional love shall you create anything you desire. So, thank you very, very much.
joy. Thank you, Jim, as always. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Blessings. Have a great day. Thank you.